Welcome to another inspiring message from Milestone Church in Keller, Texas. Well, good morning to you. You guys have been up a long time, haven't you? <laughs> Daylight savings. I had a Google last night. Is this the one I sleep longer or shorter? I, I couldn't figure it out. You fall back, spring forward, but I just couldn't figure it out. But so good to have you guys here with us today for our 11 o'clock service. Also, those of you joining us online. Well, today we're kind of coming into something new. We just finished up the Closer uh, series last week, and that was awesome as we were getting closer uh, to Jesus, and our team went far to get us close. They went all the way to Israel, shot all those videos, and I heard that they were not easy to shoot at all those locations and capturing that. There's a lot of tourists and stuff also there. Um, and so, man, I'm so grateful for our team and how they packaged that, brought it to us, and I wanna tell you, we're gonna allow this to keep living on. We're gonna make this available to you as a small group resource uh, going forward and of course the closer book you can get it but we're going to allow it continue to do this also we're going to stay close to Jesus today we're not going to get too far uh, from Jesus and so if you have your Bible turn with me to John chapter 13 John chapter 13 is where we're going and I believe this message is going to really help us as we're heading into the next uh, couple of months spending a lot of time around the people that we love the most our family extended families friends and so it's really going to help us so in John 13 uh, verse 34, Jesus says this. He says, a new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. And by this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. We'll come back to that text in just a moment here, but I wanna introduce the problem we're gonna address today. And so if you would, just for a moment, just dial in with me here, capture this, and then it's gonna get easy from here forward, okay? Just listen to this thought. See if you can tra uh, track with this reasoning. Here's it is. We often make the assumption that the people that we love and care about the most assume that we love and care about them even when we've done nothing to communicate that we do. Track with me again. We often make the assumption that the people we love and care about the most are assuming we love and care about them even when we've done nothing or little to communicate that we do. Let that sink in for a moment here. Because here's the point. This thing, this assumption plays out and then when we hear it, when we catch it, it sounds like this. It sounds like a spouse that says that they just don't feel loved. It sounds like a child that Craving affection and attention, they just start to seek it somewhere else. It sounds like a, a great team member employee that feels devalued and, and quits your company and goes and works somewhere else. It looks like a friendship that you've not invested in and that friendship just kind of just phases away. Or it looks like we don't have any success in doing what Pastor Jeff calls to do last week, make disciples because we don't have the influence with people to do it and so we can't do it. Because here's the problem. People don't feel what we feel, they feel what we do. People don't feel what you feel, they feel what you do. See, we want it to be more like osmosis. We want just the fact that it's all in there for them to feel it. And if I was pastor with people and just talk with people in my own life, I believe that it's in you. I know, especially for those that in your life you care and love deeply, it's in there. You just don't know how to get it out. And people don't feel what you feel. They only feel what you do for them. They only feel what is coming out of you. 
So this was real, practically made evident to me a few years back leading a small group. My wife and I were leading a small group, some sweet couples, many of you, uh, still in the church here. And there was this couple that was in the group, new to church, new to Milestone, new to Jesus, all the stuff, and love them, awesome people, and a really sweet wife. Sweet wife, she's just a wonderful, wonderful woman, and she was in the group, and and so I'm drawing her out for a point here. And so we're in the group and I'm doing the teaching. And I'm actually better in this setting than I am in small groups. Because when I see faces, they, I'm like, what's going on, you know? And so I'm reading faces, I'm doing the teaching, and I'm going around and you got somebody's nodding. You're like, yeah, this is really good, Steve. And you have somebody a little more pensive, you know? It's kind of like, you know, I'm following, you know, but not all the way. And so, you the, and then I got to this girl and she was like, and so I look away real fast and keep going. And, you know, you check yourself. You're trying. You keep going. And so then I, I circle back around and same thing. You know, she's, I'm like, what in the world? And so then you start just kind of going there. You're like, okay, now, are you tracking? Do you want, what do you think? You know, okay, let's see you, you know, right? And so, so she starts talking, you know, I'm like, no, this is so helpful. This is really helping me. I, yeah, I love this. I'm like, well, tell your face, please. You know, I'm like, I didn't say that. I didn't say that. I told her two years later. But they met Jesus, playing it, connected, they were good. But all I had was what she was showing me. All I had, what was coming out, it may, she may have been tracking here, but all I have, same thing with you guys here, all right? Give me some friendly faces. Let me know you're with me. Okay, good smiles over there, there, not so much there. Okay, perfect. All right, that's gonna help me because what comes out is actually what others feel, not just what we feel. So now let's go back in to John chapter 13 because Jesus does something here before he gives us the new command in verse 34. He does something, something comes out out here, all the way back, track back to verse four in John 13. It says this. It says, so he, talking about Jesus, he got up from the meal, and this meal was the Passover meal, the Lord's Supper. This is the last supper night, the night of the betrayal. So he took off his outer clothing and wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. So Jesus gets up from the meal. There are, there are meals going on. He gets up and goes and begins to do this. There's really not a practical, it wasn't a practical thing here. If they had already been seated, they'd already probably walk, walked through the ceremony. They already came in the house, washed their feet before they sat. It's already, already, Jesus is making a relational point here, okay? So, verse six. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, are you gonna wash my feet? He stopped. Hey, he's been washing everybody's feet. Peter just stops. And he's like, you're going to wash my feet? Like these other guys, they're soft. I get it. They, that's fine. You know, but P me, right? Jesus replied, you do not realize now what I'm doing, but later you will understand. No, said Peter, you shall never wash my feet. Peter fights it. Peter's a strong personality. If you've ever been around one of these, a strong personality. The other disciples, they were following Jesus. Peter's always trying to lead Jesus. Have you ever noticed that? The other disciples, they ask Jesus questions. Peter questions Jesus. Look at Peter's questions. They're always questioning Jesus, not asking questions. Peter's a very strong leader, strong person. And if you're a strong person, it's that much harder for you to receive love, receive service from others. But Jesus is dialed in with Peter because he knows that when he goes, he's gonna lead Peter in charge, he's a strong leader. So Jesus answered, unless I wash you, you have no part with me. So he comes back even stronger with Peter. 
Then, Lord, Simon Peter replied, not just my feet, but my hands and my head as well. And Jesus answered, those who have had a bath need only to wash their feet. Their whole body is clean, and you are clean, though not every one of you. For he knew the one who was going to betray him, and that was why he said not everyone was clean. It's about Judas. Verse 12, when he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. And he says, do you understand what I have done for you? He asked them. And there's no response. Nobody speaks up, yeah, Jesus, they don't, they're awestruck at this point. Jesus says, verse 13, you call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. So Jesus does this and the disciples are just silent in the awkwardness. It's an awkward setting. It's an awkward story. It's even awkward. I try to even God's avoid it sometimes because it's just kind of awkward. But Jesus makes it awkward because he's demonstrating a point very strong. You see, because he gives this demonstration leading up to his new commandment. He's a master communicator. So he uses the illustration, then follows it up with verse 34. It says, a new commandment I give to you. Love one another as I have loved you. So others will know you're my disciples. He gives them the what, the how, and the why. Right? What? Love one another. How? As I have loved you. Why? By this, everyone will know that you're my disciples. He's taking some time here in his last moments with his disciples to really drive this home. And I love this because Jesus is a master communicator. He knows that until something is over-communicated, it's not even communicated. And so he's making this point in multiple ways. I did my graduate work in communication. That's what my master's is in. I love communication theory. I love how intentional Jesus is here. I wanna point out to you something based off the Shannon and Weaver communication model to help make a little bit of sense of this, okay? So here for an example, this is me over here, and that's you over there. I'm a little thinner than you, I think, but okay. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you got bigger muscles, um, ma'am. And so I'm over here. <laughs> i get you back here. Okay, and I'm gonna send you a message, okay? I'm gonna send you a message. Now to send a message to you, I'm gonna need a way to transmit this message. So it's gonna be transmitted from me to you, and then you're gonna need a way to receive the message. And so, but there's also another variable. There's noise. There's always something, a distraction, something going on in the communication transfer here. So most simple thing, what if I wanted to say hi to you? I just wanted to say hi to you. So I need to figure out a way to transmit it. So I could say hi, I could say hola, ciao, right? I could, I could wave, I could text it to you. I could text you a hi. I could do like my teenage son, you know, huh, you know, right? There's multiple ways, so, you know, I could say, hi to you, but I gotta cut through the noise. And so I gotta hope that if I say ciao, that you speak Italian. If I say hola, you speak Spanish. If I say hello, you speak English. I gotta hope that you can hear. If you can't hear, I need to wave, but if I wave, you need to be able to see. If I text you, I need to make sure that you have your phone. And if you have your phone, to have reception, right? There's some, I have to get through the noise to be able to send you this message. So what if the message we're trying to communicate is love? What if I, and I love you, am over here, and I'm trying to communicate love to you? What Jesus points out to us is this. The only way that love comes out is through serving. That's the only way it comes out. When I put you before me and I do something to demonstrate in some way 
my affection, my goodwill, my good intent towards you. I have to lower myself and raise you to show you this. So I have to be intentional. And so I have to serve the action of serving, but then watch what happens. When I take the action of serving, when you receive it, it's the feeling of love. And so all I have to do is act, but then you feel. So I had a gentleman we're in my, my men's group and we're talking about this kind of stuff. Like how do we show love to our spouse? And you know, and so we, I got them all worked up. I'm like, oh, here you guys, this is what we're gonna do today. We're gonna send a text to our wife that tells her we love her. Oh, whew, right? You're like, whoa, that's really high, Steve. That's a big, you know. All right, we're baby steps, okay? Not all the guys are even safe yet in my group. It's so baby steps. It's so, okay. And like one guy's like, okay, I'm gonna do it. You know, he said, but I'm not really from this school, you know, I kind of grew up in the school of, you know, I told you I love you, if it ever changes, I'll let you know. You know, that's kind of, that's how he grew up, that's where, and so this touchy-feely stuff, it's not quite touchy-feely, it's a text, but, um, and so you can do it, and so he does a rough draft, you know, just get it ready, and so, and he, I think he times it, you know, and he sends it, sends the text, so he acts, right, then his wife, she receives this text. Not, we were not there. We didn't know what happened. But she gets it. And for some reason, she was feeling love and just the good, the positive emotions here. And what she does is she sends back a nice text to him, including emoji eyes, the heart eyes, right? And so now he gets it. He's like, now he's feeling love. This is the craziest thing. We don't have to feel it to act. But when we act, others feel and then when we act and others feel, and then they reciprocate, then we feel. It's a crazy thing. Jesus models it by washing his disciples' feet. So he did that, and his disciples felt his love driving home his point. So let me ask you this question. Don't raise your hands, but how many of you in here feel like God loves you? How many of you believe? We got a hand in the back. Thank you. <laughs> Looks funny, there's only one. I said don't, but it's okay. Um, <laughs> what if I asked you, how do you know God loves you? How do you know it? You have God. God, he's, he's outside of time and space. He's in heaven. He's in another realm. And he needed to figure out a way to communicate his love to us. And in such a way that his love can be communicated through the noise, through the lies of the enemy, through the weight of sin, communicated across every language, across every continent, from generation to generation, throughout all eternity, that this message could be communicated. So John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son. Romans 5.8 says that God demonstrated his love for us in this, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. 1 John 3.16 says, this is how we know what love is, that Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. You see, the God of the universe didn't just tell us he loves us, he showed us his love, he loves us. And because of what he did, we can feel his love. He threw himself into our world, injected himself with this ethic of love, putting on flesh. 
The greatest human loss is the loss of a child. The greatest human act of service is to give of one's life. In one act, he combined both these things, God giving his son, his son going to the cross, taking upon our sin, our shame, and also related to our pain and our sorrows, went to the cross, was buried, but in that grave, he resurrected himself from the dead, and then he appeared to hundreds, went to heaven, sent his Holy Spirit, and now his act of love and grace forever demonstrating God's love to you and me so we can see that, remember that, and feel his love. That's pretty crazy. And so if that's what God had to do for us to feel love, and he introduced this to us, and we're just loving with the love that he's given us, how much more do we have to do for others to be able to feel our love? So what I wanna do here is I wanna walk you through four areas in your life where you can do something for others to feel your love. Because remember, love has to come out to be felt by others, and it only comes out through serving. It has to come out in some way, and it only comes out through serving. So here's the four areas. The first one is in your home. How does love come out in your home? I think it comes out in your home by serving your loved ones in their love language. How many of you have ever heard of the five love languages? Just a lot of you guys have those online. Anybody online? Hit that little hand button thing. The five love languages. I can't see it. The commentator does. It's just nice for everybody. That's why. But the five love languages is it's not scientific, but it's very practical. And it makes a lot of sense. I'm going to give you each of the five here. And the whole point is this. Just like I'm speaking English to you, there are love languages that people in your home, your spouse, your kids, your parents, that they have, that when you speak this language, it communicates love to them more effectively. And so if you're trying to get love out and you're trying to do things that show love, you want to be doing it in the language that they understand, okay? And so the five are, number one, quality time. Number one, quality time. And so to show love with somebody with quality time, you got to be with them. You got to spend time with them, being around them, being near them, doing some quality things together. Number two is acts of service. You can vacuum, you can mow the yard, you could cook dinner one night, whatever that is. Well, not just one, but I'm saying one in terms of like, never mind. <laughs> I got my qualifier. Number three, gifts, right? You can give gifts, right? Communicates love is not the big, it's not the size of the gift, but it's just the, the thoughtfulness of a gift that communicates love, okay? Number four, words of affirmation, right? Building People love, it gets out, right? I'm proud of you. I love you, right? These things, when they come, they have to come out, right? And five, physical touch. Physical touch. So these are five love languages here. And when you learn them, you're going to be more effective at communicating love. So for my wife and I, we weren't married very long. And I wanted to show her how much I love her and she means to me. And so... One Sunday afternoon, I decided I was going to detail her car. So I'm out in the garage, and I'm waxing, washing, waxing, polishing. I even conditioned the leather. Like, it was next level. I mean, I had the little brush in the vents, you know. There, I mean, this thing looked brand new. I put, like, two and a half hours into it. I came inside, and I'm ready for the big reveal. I'm like, honey, honey, come on out, you know. 
move that bus. You know, I was like, come on. And so she, come, she comes out to the garage and she's like, oh, it's nice. <laughs> it's like new, you know, like nice. Yeah, it's really nice. You know, what, what, what else do you want me, you know? I don't know, just sit in it, smell it. <laughs> you know, I don't know, I appreciate it. She wasn't happy. You know why? Because my wife's top love language is quality time. And so the two and a half hours, she's been sitting inside by herself. I've been in the garage. She's been fuming, like, why does he want to spend time with me? <laughs> so you got to learn these love languages. But when you communicate these things, man, the impact. I've got a note in my Bible that my dad wrote me in 1992. And it's on a little post-it note. It says, son, I'm sure glad that God let me be your dad. Love, dad, 1992. That was in middle school. That act, 30-whatever years later, when I read that, what he did, I feel still 30 years later. See, the things that you do feel. So think about for your kids, for your spouse, through your parents, through your siblings, what are you doing to communicate love? Second area is in your work. You gotta love it out in your workplace. And you, here you do it by, you serve by adding value to others. So in your workplace, you know, people don't quit their job, they quit their boss, right? And it's just because they don't feel valued or appreciated. Some of you here have companies, right? Your team leaders, you own companies, and man, just like Jesus, the, the higher level leader you are, it just means the higher level servant. It just means the more feet you have to wash. Servant leadership is just your capacity to be concerned with the needs and future of others, right? It's just the amount of people you can think about better in their future and their life and serving them. And so if you've got a leadership gift, you're leading a company, just know that when you love it out, it's that much stronger. But also when you don't, it hurts that much more. And so you just gotta be a steward of that. You gotta be responsible for that. If you're on a team, if you're a team member, you're not gonna help yourself out by tearing others down. But if you build others up, if you serve them, help them win value, appreciate them, encourage them, celebrate their victories, and then you help people around you get better, You'll always be guaranteed an opportunity and even probably a promotion if you're helping others get better. This is Jesus' model of serving, putting others first. But you gotta think of ways to do this. Think about going to work tomorrow. God may call you to go to India and be a missionary one day, but tomorrow he's calling you back to your workplace. That is your mission field. That is where he's placed you. So maybe as you drive there tomorrow, you start to live this way, think this way. God, okay, come get my heart right. I'm gonna start praying. Give me one person in my workplace. God, you want me to serve today to help bless, to help promote, to help build. Okay, I'm gonna do it. And so when you see that person, you build them up, you affirm them, you let love come out in some way and you watch then what begins to happen in that workplace. As Christians, we should be, man, the most great, the greatest servants in our work environments. The third area, you gotta love it out, is in your community. You gotta love it out in your community. And we do this by serving with radical generosity. I told you about how much God loves you and how he demonstrated that love for you, but I'm gonna tell you a secret. The people outside these doors, they don't know that. They don't know what he did for them, sending his son Jesus to die for them. They don't know that he's extended a relationship with them. They don't know that inside this building they may drive up and down Highway 377. They don't know inside this building that there are thousands of people 
that would drop everything to be able to serve them, love them, help them, pray for them, care for them, be a friend to them if they're lonely, help meet their needs if they're in lack, help point them to Jesus if they're lost. They don't know that driving by. We've gotta go. We gotta go to them. And we do this through radical generosity. My favorite examples of this is when people just go out of their way to bless people and drive through lines or buy meals or do these, just, these things just to show love. And so a story I heard just last week, so powerful, is this, these guys going through the Starbucks line, him and his wife. And they're in the Starbucks line and they say, you know what, we're gonna do it. We're gonna, we're gonna buy the coffee for the person behind us. And so they're pumped up. I mean, are, you, are we sure? Okay, we're doing it? We're do, okay. All right, okay. So they're in unity and they're in the line. This is it, right? And we're next, you know. And so they get up to the window and the window opens up and the ladies, okay, hi, you know. And they tell them, hey, we are gonna buy the coffee for the person behind us, you know. And I, I don't know if they're gonna give them a card to Milestone, tell them God loves them. I don't know what they're gonna do, but they're gonna do this and bless this person behind them. And so the lady in the window, she's like, oh, this is amazing. I love it when people do this. This is so moving. You guys are so awesome. I love it. And she's like, okay, let me go find their order. And so she gets their order and she comes back and she comes, she's like, well, I think they're picking up for friends. Um, but <laughs> it's gonna be $48. <laughs> And my favorite part is the, the wife, they're in this service, I'm not even looking. Where I'm not looking is where they are. And so, <laughs> and so she's like, well, we'll, we'll, we'll do it next time. <laughs> We're generous on a budget. Um, you know, oh, we'll get them next time. This was more flesh, not spirit, I think. We're, we're gonna, we'll wait on it. Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> But we got hundreds of people in Milestone Church just because somebody bought their coffee, bought their lunch. I mean, it's amazing. You think, that sounds small. If it happens to you, you realize how big it actually is because it communicates love. I had a gentleman come down last week into the service for a prayer and then he, he stopped me and he said, I just want you to know that I'm here because of you. I'm like, what? He's like, remember two years ago when you drove up to me, I was on my way to work and you hand me a $100 bill and you invited me to Milestone Church and you told me that God loves me and you know, and he's telling me this, and I'm like, um, I think you got the wrong guy. <laughs> you know, I'm generous, but I remember my $100 generousness, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and so I'm like, nope. He's like, 100%, it was you. And you may be in the service. And I, I'm still, I'm still, I'm like, okay, well, I mean, okay, you're welcome, you know. <laughs> and so, but it's actually, it was actually one of you. So I'm sorry I took your you know, your blessing there, but in heaven, you got great rewards coming uh, <laughs> to you in heaven. But then we had a couple of ladies in the church, part of our internship, and I love this story. They prayed and said, okay, God, lead us out in radical generosity. And they just had this thought, that just God gave them to go to the dollar bread aisle at Walmart, and there's somebody there for us to bless. And so just, they went, and they go, nobody's there. And so they go to leave, and then they see a rack that says dollar bread, and there's a lady standing there with the child. And so they're like, that must be who God wants us to talk to. 
So they go up to her and find out that a single mom, she's trying to figure out how to put on this birthday party for her son that weekend when she's short on funds and she begins to share and unpack her story and these two girls then say, look, we're gonna get your groceries, we're gonna take care of you, we're gonna help you with this, God sent us today to help you. And then they end up ministering to her, find out the situation she's coming out of is the same situation that both those girls had previously come out of and they're on the back side of it. And so they encouraged her, invited her to Milestone Church and God has used that impact her through some radical generosity. It's really quite simple when we step out and we do it. And so we invite people from our community into our church and when they come on our campus, we gotta continue this. We gotta continue to show them love. And so when they pull in off the street over Ridge Point Parkway or Mount Gilead, they hit our first parking lot attendant. And that parking lot attendant, maybe it's one of you on the team, they're smiling, they're waving, they're saying, hey, we're glad you're here. And they pull up and they get a front row spot and a team, a greeter team may help them in. And somebody opens the door for them and smiles and says, man, thank you, welcome to Milestone today. We're so glad you're here, right? And they take them and they walk them. If they have children over to children's check-in. At children's check-in, they meet some loving people there that say, you know what? We're here on our own time to serve you today. We wanna take care of your kid. We're gonna take great care. They're gonna be safe here. Is there any allergies, anything we, can, we need to know about them to better serve them? And they take that kid back into that safe classroom. And then they walk them back down. They say, hey, can we get you any coffee or anything? You want any coffee? Let me get you some coffee, free coffee for you. We're just so glad you're here. And so give them some coffee. And they come in the doors and one of the greeters back here hands them a bulletin, smiles at them, tells them they're glad they're welcome in this room. And then they get an usher that helps them find a great seat and talks to them, hey, is this a good seat for you? Let me make it easy for you to scoot in here. Let me find you a seat. I'm gonna take, I'm glad you're here. All right, and they come. All of these acts of love trying to show outwardly what is the feeling inwardly, that people matter to God, that we love people, but unless we show them, unless we do something, they don't know. But when we do it, it is an incredible orchestration and demonstration of God's love for people. So thank you to all of you who serve on our serve team. That's what we're doing. All right, so now we get them in. The final area where we love it out is in our church. We love it out in our church, and we do this, we serve by connecting with others. We serve by connecting with others. What if more than just being friendly, what if you came to church each week intent on being a friend? Really connecting with somebody, not just being kind, not just smiling, but connecting, being a friend. You know, I love that Pastor Jeff's gonna have a great message and God's gonna use it. And I love that our worship team's gonna lead us great in worship and God's gonna use it. And, but also the fact that God can use you to be the greatest part of somebody's worship experience. What they feel from God, what they hear from God, the, how God meets their need could come through you even more than these other areas. See, at Milestone Church, since day one, my wife and I came, I've always come every week and thinking about the pulse of our church. Are we taking care of people? When people come in these doors, are they finding friends? Are their needs being met? Are their gifts being used? Are they meeting Jesus? Are we still connected? Are we still relational? Are we still, are we missing anybody? Is anybody falling through the cracks? And it's constantly, it keeps me stirred up. It constantly keeps me thinking, okay, we can do this, 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 this. But here's my dream. What if, what if all of us, every weekend when we come to a service, every weekend, every service, when we think about where we sit, we're not just thinking about what we're receiving, we're thinking about who God's sitting us by. If we're thinking that every service, I'm gonna add value to one person. Every service, when I sit down, I'm gonna know this person over here, I'm gonna maybe know this person in front of me, kinda know, but this person over here, I don't know at all. What if every week in every service, we go out of our way to connect with that person? You're like, what do I say? You say, hey, my name's so-and-so. How long have you been coming to Milestone? 
and you have a conversation with them. And they say, well, it's actually our first time. Or they say, well, we've been coming in two years. Or they say, well, we're looking for a small group. We haven't found one. They say, man, we're going through this right now. We could use some prayer. What if every weekend, it doesn't matter how big this room could ever get. It could be thousands and thousands. If we all come thinking about connecting and adding value to those that God put around us, man, we're gonna take care of everybody. So no pressure this weekend because you didn't get to know this ahead of time. <laughs> Next weekend. Next weekend when you come, you come in, you park that car and you start praying as you walk up. Okay, God, I want you to use me today to connect with somebody. Let me be part of this worship experience here, people encountering you. God, use me, speak to me, lead me, but also God, use me to speak to somebody else. You come in here and you sit down, you sit down, you start looking around. Okay, I don't know them, I know them. They're scary, they look friendly. And so, and at the service, you get up and then you're standing in the lines to get out like you're you know, getting off an airplane here. And he's kind of turned, hey, what's your, my name's so-and-so. And boom, and you just watch where God takes that, right? You serve your church by connecting in your church. In closing here, I don't have a powerful illustration for you. I'm not gonna bring out a bucket and a towel and wash anybody's feet, but some of you don't know my story. Um, my experience before coming into Milestone Church, it didn't look much different than what Jesus demonstrated. You see, just before we moved here and walked in the doors of Milestone Church, I spent the previous four and a half years every day in that same posture, every day just like this. For four and a half years, I worked at a shoe store. Four and a half years. The first year, Jesus whispered in my ear, I'm teaching you something. I'm teaching how to serve people. Year two, it's getting serious, God. I want you to do it for me, serve people. Three, four and a half years, people coming in, we would take their shoes off, we put our shoes on, lace them up, tie them, four and a half years, all day long, on my knees, people coming in, serving them, my friends, my peers coming in, okay, serving them, the whole time, okay, Jesus, I'll do this for you, do this for you. Why did I know in that four and a half years taught me a lot more than seminary did about what it really means to serve people. Because even now, every weekend, you may see me on a stage, but my posture in my mind as you come in, it's this, serve people. And so in your home, if your spouse is saying, man, I just don't feel love. If your child is drifting, if your coworkers don't feel appreciated, if your friendships are drifting, if you're not making disciples, just ask yourself, Am I serving this way? Am I, am I doing this? Is it coming out? Am I doing what Jesus told me to do? Because I promise you, when you do it this way, it will come out. And those around you will feel love. They'll feel God's love and your love for them. And you'll see that love and that health and that strength and the relationships that matter most to you and the mission that matters most to God to make disciples. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I thank you that you've demonstrated in such a grand way uh, your love for us, the extent you went to, to penetrate our hearts, to know you, to be saved by you. I wanna pray right now, if there's anybody here that you're just realizing God's love for you for the very first time today, I want you to be able to respond to that love. I want you to be able to begin a relationship with him. And so just all you have to do is just acknowledge your sinfulness, acknowledge the fact that Jesus died on the cross for your sins. And then I'll invite him to come, to live inside of you, to, to take control of your life and begin to lead you and love you and guide you in all he has for you. 
For some of you here today, I pray that there may be a, a little aha moment. The lights might have just come on and you might have seen that this is how I can love people around me. This is how I can do it. So God, I pray you would help us. Give us by your grace. Help us to love those in our life that matter most to us. Help us to love the people that matter so much to you, Jesus. I pray you'd help us in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to this message from Milestone Church. We hope it's been an encouragement for you today. We invite you to listen to other messages on this podcast or discover who we are by visiting our website at milestonechurch.com. 